resiliency is the aspect of our character that we all tap into once our internal motivation to endure is depleted and out of energy. You see, the good thing about life is at the beginning of our birth and inception on this planet, we're all given a notebook with the opportunity and responsibility to begin writing our own chapters of strength and victory. And the blessing in disguise is that that definition is different for all of us, creating a diversity in which we can all win and learn from. In the spirit of wanting to end the week with a resilient story of hope and perseverance, I want to bring you the story of my friend Jeff Pearson. First and foremost, he's a dad, a husband, a TV host, an author, a keynote speaker, and he was born with a condition known as hydrocephalus which affects approximately one million Americans, according to the Hydrocephalus Association of America. Hydrocephalus is defined as a neurological disorder caused by an abnormal buildup of cerebral spinal fluid in the ventricle cavities deep within the brain. The excess fluid causes the ventricles to widen, putting an unhealthy amount of pressure on the brain itself. This is according to the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke within the National Institute of Health. For patients specifically, his journey encapsulates a man of great strength with a story of tremendous difference and inspiration. So if you're ready to learn a great lesson about the spirit of life and maximizing its fullest potential, I hope you'll stick around for all of the words of wisdom and inspiration that Pearson has to share, because my time with him this week starts now. I'm Kevin McShan. Let's have this conversation. If you're ready, I'll take a moment to welcome you to the program, my friend. And I'm super excited to learn about your health journey and how you've overcome it and to uh, live a life of prosperity. Great to see you this afternoon, my friend. And thank you so very much for being here. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you being uh, 
open to me being on, and and it's it's an honor to be here today. Absolutely, no, uh, Jeff. I wanted to start our conversation by asking you your definition of perseverance and what that means to you uh, under the context of your life and uh, life and personal and professional journey, my friend. So, what does perseverance mean to you? What does perseverance? Okay, perseverance. Ah, uh, that's a good question, man. That's one I haven't had very often. I think perseverance is the ability to to keep going even when you've been knocked down to to make sure you resolve yourself to get back up and not stay down because everybody gets knocked down everybody gets knocked down no matter what if the whether you have a condition that 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 contributes to that or not everybody gets knocked down perseverance says i'm going to get back up and i'm going to keep going and i'm going to it's not going to make me quit yeah absolutely so let's dive into your personal journey there uh uh jeff i know you were born with what's called hydrocephalus which is a uh brain or neuro neurological condition so mm -hmm. I, i'm just curious if you could uh, give, give our viewing audience a little bit about your personal uh, journey with the condition and and how you've overcome it to live a life of prosperity. yeah thanks man yes uh hydrocephalus hydrocephalus is kind of a crazy thing because it's it's really really common but nobody seems to have ever heard of it so it's uh Hydrocephalus occurs uh, for me. It was it was because uh, when I was born, I had a ventricle in my brain. Everybody's got ventricles in their brain. Everybody's brain produces what's called cerebral spinal fluid, and those ventricles are there as a drainage system to drain the cerebral spinal fluid so that it doesn't stay in your skull. It drains down your spinal column, and and I one of my drains, one of my ventricles wasn't working, and so. Um, and so I had that brain surgery for the first time at two weeks old, and uh, and and I've I've had seven to date, uh, seven brain surgeries, which has made life really interesting. Uh, <laughs> four of them have been in the last ten years, uh, so I'm not really sure what the what the reason for the for the picked up frequency is, but uh, you know, there's always a plan, and I just kind of roll with it. So uh, as far as Man, as I, tell, ask me your question again, though. I feel like I got off track. What was your What was your? No, I just wanted uh, wanted to know about hydrocephalus and oh, there how, you, go. how you've sort of uh, uh, turned it into your sort of competitive advantage in life. Because you know, okay. uh, Jeff, you know, I was I was born with cerebral palsy, my friend. So I have dealt with. Uh, uh, similar circumstances as to yours, uh, and I, I'm curious to ask you about, about building a community of social capital to get through uh, your condition, my friend, because I know it takes an army or a village of people of support when, when you're diagnosed with something like this, doesn't it? It's true, man. It really does. And I, you know, I can't imagine what my parents would have been feeling, you know, back in 1977 when I, when they went to that two week checkup thinking, okay, we're going to get some, you know, get some checkup, you know, get, get the in and out of this doctor's appointment and carry on our, with our life, you know, with our new baby boy. And then, 
And so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's been, it's been crazy. And I'm sure that they had a, a village around them to, to help them through that difficult time. And I have certainly had, uh, an amazing group of people around me as well. I, you know, I I've made it, I've made it through this far 46 years uh, plus uh, with, without having to take any medication without having, I mean, really I've, I feel like I've escaped a lot of the things that, that I, that could have happened that could have made life more difficult. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, but the village, so as you say, has been hugely important. I mean, I could, Nobody can do it alone, even if they think they can. Nobody is a solo act. Everybody has help, you know, at one point or another. So I'm just I'm just thankful for the community that we've built on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page, and we're on, you know, the social media aspect of it has been really fun. So um yeah, it's it's pretty awesome when you when you have that community. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And I know uh just your wife and kids. Kids mean the world to you, my friend, and your yes. wife has helped you uh, sort of find your uh, purpose through this Facebook group. So tell me about your family dynamic, my friend, and why it's so important to you. <laughs> yeah, man, my family, yeah, we, uh, my wife, Catherine, and I have been married uh, this coming June, June of 2024 will be, will be 25 years we've been married, and we have uh three amazing children we have uh elizabeth who's 20 nick who's 16 and kasha who is 14 and uh yeah we it's that dynamic has been very interesting um catherine actually catherine and i met when we were 12 years old we were in seventh grade band class together and that's when we met and so when she met when we met and for the first i don't know 20 years of knowing each other she really didn't understand what was going on with this this whole condition that I had because I really didn't have a lot of surgeries when I was younger. It's only been in the last 10 years that it's gotten, you know, more frequent. And so she, she didn't really get a taste of that until about 10 years ago, but it's been, it's been amazing. And my family's been hugely supportive and hugely uh, it's, it's just been integral in, in being able to get the word out about what we're doing with hydro with hope, which is our nonprofit and, um, and with our TV show, and it's just they—they, they, I couldn't have done it without them. I can't. I continue to to depend on their love and support to be able to pull this off. It's nobody does it alone. So, yeah, absolutely. And just tell me about Hydro with Hope, my friend, and your TV TV show, and how it sort of woven itself into your life mission as well. So yeah, thanks, man. So Hydro with Hope. We, we were sitting, the birth, the kind of the, the birth of the idea of Hydro with Hope is we were sitting in a, in a, just kind of in a doctor's office waiting for the neurosurgeon to come in, follow up uh, from one of my uh, four brain surgeries in the last few years. And it was in 2018 and we were sitting in there and we could kind of hear a conversation on the other side of the wall, you know, with the next room. And we, we kind of could tell, you can't hear the words, but you could hear the tone, right? And you could hear that it was, it kind of wasn't going well. They were upset. They were distraught. And it was like, oh, I flashed back and I thought, man, I wonder what this, I, I wonder if they're finding out their child's going to have to have brain surgery for the first time, you know? And I just, all I wanted to do was run next door to that room and give them a hug and tell them it was going to be okay and answer their questions. And, you know, and I, I thought, you know, that's, we got to do something. We got to do something to help this population of people with hydrocephalus to to 
to normalize it and to make sure that people know that they're not alone and that they have a community and they have a voice and they can, you know, that there's somebody out there that they can reach out to if they have questions. And so that was kind of the birthplace of Hydro with Hope, which is our nonprofit organization to help people with hydrocephalus. And we published a journal, which is behind me here. Uh, I've got a copy here and it's it's called My Hydro Warrior Story. And it it is a fill in the blank journal. Um, I put it on this side that walks people through all the things, you know, you, you find out you're going to have to have brain surgery. This takes you step by step through that first moment, all the way through surgery and going home and carrying on beyond. This is a, an incredibly valuable tool. And we're so thankful that we're able to get it out to, to anybody that needs it. And it's uh, of course available on our website, hydrowithhope.com. Uh, for anybody that wants a copy and through hydro with hope is where we kind of launched our TV show, which is called invisible condition. And we wanted to, we, we wanted to have a kind of an all encompassing show uh, as far as that goes. So we, we didn't want to just do hydrocephalus. We wanted to have people on the show with any kind of invisible condition, anything that you can't see from the outside that people are living with, but they're thriving in spite of it. And so we've had people on for multiple things, you know, multiple sclerosis or bipolar, schizophrenia, lupus, uh, POTS, hydrocephalus, all kinds of things. And organizations that also that help that population to live better lives. So it's been a it's been quite the journey over the last couple of years, but it's uh, it's been amazing. And I feel like I found a, a good stride here with this. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jeff, I'm fascinated to ask you about the idea of emotional courage and and how you define that and and how it's an individual journey for anyone dealing with going through a condition like yours or mine or going through life and challenging times. So how do you define emotional courage? emotional courage man that's that's a word i have not heard in a while that's that's awesome i love that question thank you uh emotional courage i think that would to me would would mean you know as an example you find out that you're gonna have to have brain surgery again right which is you know it's a thing you find out you're gonna have brain surgery again because of this problem or that problem we're gonna correct this correct that so you have two choices at that point. You could either get upset and you can be sad and you can be, woe is me. And, oh my gosh, I'm so bad. And this is, oh, we're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be so terrible. And I can't believe I have to dev surgery and why me and all this, or, or you can say, okay, what do we do now? This is the inevitability. Surgery is, is what we're going to do. How do we handle it? Well, you know, how do we, rein our emotions in and 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 not and not let them get the best of us and not let our imagination run away with itself and and uh and and be able to contain your emotions uh well you know and not stuff them not stuff them down and not feel them but just be able to be able to say okay i feel this but it's not gonna it's not gonna run my day you know so I think that's that'd be my best answer for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, Jeff, I'm a huge believer in 
living a life with empathy and compassion, my friend, because if you're compassionate towards other people, I, you know, it's my belief that your cup of fulfillment will be filled if you're compassionate yep. towards others. So tell me, how do you define equitable compassion? Did you say equitable compassion? Yeah, so what does it mean for you to be a Compassionate, compassionate from an equitable standpoint, yeah. Um, so compassion is I mean, that is a that is a principle that I have have learned very well over the last, you know, especially over the last 10 years. Um having six surgeries, four of them being brain surgeries over the last since 2014 uh, or 13. Compassion has been has has I've had to learn that a little more. I mean, over my lifetime, I haven't had to deal with a lot of, 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 of problems related to the surgery, but over the last 10 years, it's been kind of forced on me. And so compassion means, you know, looking at somebody else's situation from your perspective and saying, everybody's going through something, right? So I might be going through, another, uh, you know, the news that I'm going to have to have brain surgery again, or that my, maybe I maybe my, my, my child has something that's going to have to require surgery again. How do you handle that? You know, and, and really, and I guess the equitable part would be, would be everybody's, everybody's different. And you just, you know, it's, it's important to recognize that they're different, but really we're all humanity and we're all, we're all on this planet to, to live our best life. And I, you know what? I, I actually come at life from a from a perspective of uh, I'm a Jesus follower, and so I come I come to the world for, through a biblical perspective, and so that that actually kind of forms my forms you know my life and my outlook on everything. And so so according to the Bible, what does you know what does compassion mean and it means laying down your life for your for your friends laying down you know laying down yourself as a you know sacrificially to to help other people and so that's you know that that's how i would answer that <laughs> yeah absolutely and you know uh jeff i know that you travel the world as a a singer for a year with a group that you were a part of so Tell me about that experience and the coolest place that you traveled, my friend. So that group, I traveled with a group called Up With People, and it's a group that's still around. They're still they're still plugging along. They're they're doing awesome things. They've been around since the, the late fifties, early sixties, and it's uh it's a group that divides their, you know, takes students from anywhere from 18 to 25 years of age. And, uh, and you audition for this group and they, they say, okay, you're in, let's go. And you, you travel for a year, you, you leave and you don't come back for a year and you travel the world. We, and in, in during that year, you're, you're staying in host families, every city that you go to, and you're, you're performing a show. We performed a, like a two hour stage show uh at a th at theaters and stuff and yeah i've been a singer since high school i still love to sing and that was a big part of that year we we traveled uh all over the country we went all up and down the east coast and then went over to europe and traveled to, to seven or eight nine countries over there and really it was spreading a message of 
of community and hope and inclusiveness and, you know, uh, community, you know, like the world is not as big as you think it is. You know, we all just, we all need to come together and, and, uh, and get along, you know? <laughs> and so it was great. And that, that year I went when I was right after high school. So I was only 18 and I turned 19 on the road and, that was a very impressionable year for me. And I came back, I feel like I came back a totally different person. Uh, and I matured uh, a ton during that, during that year. And I, I feel like that has given me a, a definitely a unique outlook on the world. Uh, not just living in our own little United States bubble, you know, there is a big world out there and, and there's a lot of awesome people and a lot of awesome places and experiences to, to go check out. So um, it was a it was a wonderful year, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, you know, we only have one a life to live, so we might as well cash in all of our adventure chips, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Jeffrey, tell me that living with hydrocephalus has taught has taught you three things for certainty, my friend. So I'm wondering if we can dive into those three things things and why they're so important to you sure yeah i appreciate that man we so in my in our journal i put it in here i put it i put it at the at the end of our at, at the end of our uh there's a there's a there's a section in here that says about jeff and so we you know just to kind of tell you about the you know the author and what what i went through and what what sparked the the reason for doing the journal and at the end uh, at the end down here on the page is, is the three things that I'm going to talk that, that you asked about. And it says, having, having lived with hydrocephalus for over 45 years, I can say three things with 100% certainty. Number one, God is faithful all the time. Number two, God is in control. And that's a good thing. And number three, life does not have to be perfect to be amazing. And and all three of those are very true, and I have I have learned so much about those three over the last eight or ten years with all these surgeries, even more. And that's why we put that in here. So I mean, I mean, I, whether and I know not everybody is 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 a is a Christian. I know I know not everybody is a Jesus follower, and I totally understand that. I respect your choice not to be. I I you know I would love it if everybody was but it's 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 a free world you know you can choose whatever but i'm telling you it, god is faithful and he will he he loves you and he will stick with you through anything and uh and i my my life and my marriage in the last 25 years is a testament to that and we have we have had high points and we have had low points but the one thing that i can say for sure is that he has been with us the whole time and he has provided and we have, you know, we have never doubted it for a second and in control, he is in control. And that's a good thing because if I was in control, it'd be a big old mess. We can't, we can't be our own standard. You know, there has to be a higher standard. And so the fact that he is in control is huge. And I'm, it, it is a sign, it is a it is the thing of relief for me that he is in control and I can lean on him if I need him uh, in a situation, um, which is every situation. And life doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful, to be amazing. It's true. You know it better than I, you, you probably know it at least as well as I do. 
anybody with an invisible condition or visible condition doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like or even if you don't, even if you're even if your life is great and you've never had a surgery or, or or stubbed your toe in your life, there's still things that come up. It's all relative, right? So sometimes sometimes situations come up that aren't ideal. But that doesn't mean that life isn't amazing. Life doesn't have to be perfect. Life's never going to be perfect. So the key is to to accept that and and roll with it, knowing the truth that that life isn't perfect and it's never going to be. So how are you going to live in spite of that? Yeah, and you know, Jeff, I, I'm just to ask you about your the involvement of your personal character because I know you went through a stretch where you. I'd have uh, six more of surgeries during your journey. And I'm curious, what do you think you've learned the most about your personal character during that time? And up to to today, my friend, what do you think you've learned most about yourself? Boy, uh, that's a good question. I think think there was a turning point i'm just just going to encapsulate these last 10 years real quick because it's because it's been that's been really the te- the the litmus test so to speak you know uh when you don't have a lot of adversity and you don't have a lot of surgery that you have to deal with life's great it's when it's when life hits the fan right that that you got to you got to see what you're made of and my my parents uh i i give them all the credit man they they i mean glory to god for giving me these parents they're fantastic they they first of all they never they never made me feel like i was a sick kid right like you know they they could have said oh my gosh you have this thing in your head you have this condition you can't do that you can't do this you can't do this no 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 they let me live my life and they they let me you know try things try new things they they steered me away from obvious things that were dangerous you know like football and soccer and things where you're banging your head against things but but really they kind of let me do my thing and and i appreciate that because that's helped me learn so much and in the last 10 years that's come in handy because you know it's not always perfect and and there was a there was a time i was in the surge i was in uh, the hospital for about three weeks almost three weeks because of an of a bacterial infection that had gotten into my uh, cerebral spinal fluid. And so I had to have two surgery, two brain surgeries. And I was in there for a long time and I was starting to get discouraged. And my dad in no uncertain terms was like, look, you need to snap out of it. You, you've you got to, you've got to adjust your attitude, son. There, these people that are in the hospital that are helping you are, they love you and they're helping you and they are here for you. And so you need to turn it around so that you can be more, you need to be more appreciative and more grateful and see how that goes for you. Because right now it sounds like you're complaining a little bit and you have no reason to complain. So, because you're, you're alive and well and doing great. And so I I pray about that, see what God tells you. And he was right. I, and so I turned it around and, and by the end of that three weeks in the hospital, my attitude was completely different. I mean, it's, it's so important to have other people that are influencing your life because it's, it's not all about you, you know? And so to have that outside perspective was so cool. And he's still, he's still to this day is, is so good with that. So, um, 
I don't know. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. yeah, absolutely. And Jeff, what do you think it means to live in the moment? What does that mean to you? Live in the moment. Well, we all know the past doesn't really do anything for you. You can't live in the past. You know that's why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror, right? Because you got to look, stay, keep looking forward, right? You can't drive mm-hmm. looking at the rearview mirror. You'll you'll be in trouble. And the future hasn't happened yet, so you don't know what's going to happen there. So if you're if you're afraid of that, if you're afraid of what hasn't happened yet, that can go really bad really quick. And because it hasn't happened yet, you don't know. You you know you could you could be like worst worst case scenario guy, but really it's not here yet. So there's still time to change that, right? So living in the moment is, is yeah, is just realizing that you're here, you're you're still here, you you know, um, you know, like it's a good day, you know. I'm I'm awake, I'm out of bed, I feel good, I'm on this amazing show with Kevin. It's a beautiful day, and so living in that and knowing, realizing that that just. Soak up every moment of every day that you can because today's never going to happen again. You only get one, and you might not walk. You might not wake up tomorrow morning. So make the most of today, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jeff, I'm going to uh, share just a little bit about myself. So yeah, you know, at the age of nine, Jeff, I was actually told uh, by a doctor that I would not be able to walk for the duration of my life. For uh, because of the uh, severity of my cerebral palsy. Uh, but I have always told myself that inclusion is the gateway to independence. And, you know, and Jeff, to me, life, the tragedy of life isn't when it ends, my friend. It's refusing to live while you still have air to breathe. In fact, that's the last line of my uh, biography, uh, Jeff. And I, I, I'm curious, what does it mean to you to live life to its maximum potential? Oh man, uh, boy, I think I think it, it, where where I am in my life right now, I think how I would answer that is to to know that things don't have to be perfect to be awesome. You know that that. That line in, in that I put in my book, you know, life doesn't have to be perfect to be amazing. That is probably my my biggest thing that I that I have to keep realizing is, you know, mo- just m- forward movement. You know, forward movement is 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 all that matters. Don't don't you know if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. And and if you, no. <sighs> I, I I think it's just it's just so important to not to not wallow, you know, not wallow in what's going wrong, but to but to be excited about what's going right and 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 keep moving forward. Yeah, and to that point, Jeff, I'm curious to get your perspective on the whole concept of allyship and the inclusion of all people as how we can sort of. Uh, make the acceptance of all people a reality, a, a, a reality more than it actually is. You know, one of the reasons, Jeff, I wanted to start this podcast is I wanted to create what I call 
more bridges of unity and really uh, heal the divisions that uh, sort of divide us, my friends. So how do you think we can uh, celebrate uh, the differences of others and really create that bridge of understanding? Well, you know, I mean, yeah, everybody's different. Everybody's individual, right? And so, I mean, God created everybody and, and God doesn't make mistakes. So, so I, so I would say God created you live in that, live in that joy that, that you were created by, by, by an all knowing, loving, caring creator. And he does not make mistakes. And so if you are here and you feel like you are, you know, that, that you shouldn't be, or that you're, that, that, you're somehow imperfect because of something that happened to you or that you feel like you were born with or, or a condition or something. God doesn't make mistakes and he loves you exactly the way you are. And so that is all the inclusion that I, that I've ever needed. And that's really to know that the creator of the universe loves you exactly the way you are is, is, is huge. And, uh, and wants the best for you. And so that that's how I would say it. I mean, you know, it, that's that's as, as much inclusion as I would ever dream of, of needing, you know, is to be part of that family of God. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jeff, if I gave you a budget of $100 million, and I said the only contingency on the money is that you had to spread random acts of kindness how do you think you would spend the money <laughs> i love that question that's awesome man uh you know i've i've grown up watching my dad do stuff like that he'll we'll, so i you know it's it's something i've i'm familiar with he'll we'll be out to eat or something as a family as i when i was in junior high or high school and and i i would watch him you know see a couple come in like maybe an older couple that you know that's barely walking in you know and he'll walk up to the register and give them a you know a 50 or a hundred dollar bill or something and say here you know or whatever he gave them I don't know what he gave them I just you know gave him some money and said you know whoever you know whoever that that, that couple I their meal is on me you know that kind of thing and that kind of in like or paying it forward like in this in the in the drive-up line or you know and so I've I've had that example. I've watched him do that for so long, and it's so cool. And I it gives me chills every time I see him do it because it's so awesome to to know that he's such a giving, generous person. And so if you gave if you landed a hundred million dollars in my lap and said the only thing I could do with it is to bless others, I think the first thing I would do would be to just blow Hydro with Hope up, man, and make it a worldwide thing create the journal in in more languages so that more people on other continents could take advantage of it and then i would i would make sure that we were able to give everything away that we wouldn't have to depend on anything from anybody and we could just give 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 and and go go places and not and and just speak to people and tell them our story and and have people come on the the show more often and tell their story and and really, and make sure that nobody had to suffer to pay hospital bills, you know, just set up some sort of fund so that people, you know, could 
could not have to, you know, you go to, you go for brain surgery. I mean, good Lord, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if you don't have insurance or you're working from, you know, Medicaid or something, you know, that doesn't cover everything, you're, it's not your fault that you have this condition. Mm-hmm. So you, sh- you know, it'd be so nice to be able to just say, look, I'll cover the bill. Don't worry about it. Go get what you got to get to feel better. I'll cover it. Um, that's, that's probably what I would do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Jeff, as you know, adversity is not immune to any of us. You know, uh, it, it'll strike all of us whether we want it to or not. So if I asked you to create a roadmap to get through life's adversities, how do you think you would construct a roadmap? So first thing I would do is I would say the question why is not allowed because it doesn't matter why this is happening. Why is a useless question? Why is, if you ask the question why about a situation that's happening to you, you will always be disappointed with the answer because it's never going to be good enough for you. So set that question aside and just say, okay, not why, but what, what are we going to do and how are we going to get it done? And so I would, I would set it, set that as the course and say, okay, we need to get, we need to get down the road. How are we going to do it? What kind of vehicle are we going to have? And how many people can we take with us? You know, How big of a vehicle can we have so that we can take people along and, and show them how to go down the road successfully so that, you know, we can learn from other people's experience on the road and we can, and we can, we don't have to be there by their, by ourselves so that we're, you know, stumbling along, you know, you could show people how to, how to more successfully navigate that, whatever they're going through and whatever that road means for them and, uh, and be able to pick them up and, and take them with you and show them how to do it. Yeah. And Jeff, how do you define the word hope? What does hope mean to you? Hope, uh, hope to me is knowing that my eternity is secure. My hope is in Jesus. And so I know, I, I, I know that I, I have somebody that will always listen to me and that will, uh, that, that always has my best in mind and will never, uh, never leave ever. And I get to spend eternity with them. And so that is where my hope is, is in Jesus. And, and, and on, on here while I'm, while I'm here, you know, uh, alive and, and thriving and, and living and loving with my family. I, that's my, my hope is that I will do right by them and, and be able to, you know, provide what we need to provide and, and help the people that we set out to help and, and, make sure that my family knows that they are incredibly loved and valued by me and, and that I am uh, just excited to, to be on this ride with them. Yeah. And Jeff, outside of your family and uh, your, your current level of health, I'm curious, what are the uh, three things you're most grateful for in life? (laughs) Outside of family and and medical stuff, okay, uh, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful for 
a couple of groups that I'm a part of that have a couple business networking groups that I'm a part of that have, have, have really sprung hydro with hope and invisible condition TV show uh, into the stratosphere in record time, which uh, never would have happened without those organizations and the help and the connections that I made through those. And so that's one thing I'm so grateful for is the people that have helped me along uh, that journey. And another uh, thing that I'm, I'm very grateful for is my, my, my friend and my, my uh, person, the person that had, kept me on his payroll when most people probably would have kicked me to the curb after my first or second brain surgery. And his name is Eric. And I had, I've worked for him since 2011 and he has seen me through all these surgeries and he has been so amazing and so accommodating and so uh, willing to keep me working for him, even though I've been gone for a lot of these surgeries and, and it's affected me in a way and it's affected my work. But uh, I, I I couldn't have done this last 10 or 12 years without him. So I'm, I'm very grateful for those things. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Jeff, I'm going to end this way. I'm curious to get your life motto, my friend. If there's a life motto, motto that you live by and just finally, when you look at your life from a, a 30,000 foot view, my friend, how do you want your legacy to be defined from a personal and professional standpoint? <laughs> Man, that's a lot. I might have to, you might have to ask me one of those questions again. Uh, how, how would I, uh, the first one was. Uh, your life motto. What's your life's life motto? Well, I'll tell you what. Life's motto probably would be somewhere along the lines of your attitude is the only thing you have 100% control over, crossed with life doesn't have to be perfect to be amazing. So probably somewhere between those two would be my life motto. Just, you know, it, it's, it can be awesome even if it's not perfect. And, uh, and your attitude is truly the only thing you have 100% control over. So keep that in mind and make it a positive one. And what was the second part of the question? Yeah, your legacy, my friend. How do you want your legacy to be defined? I, man, when people, when when and if people are talking about me 100 years from now, uh, I want that conversation to revolve around the fact that I lived my life well and that I, that I, accomplished the mission that God set before me, which I believe at this point, you know, he can change direction on, uh, you know, any time, but, but so far right now, my, my life track is to help as many people with hydrocephalus as humanly possible to, to know that they have a voice, they have a community and that they are not alone through hydro with hope and through the resources we have. And, I would love our, if our TV show would would live on, uh, you know, for for decades to come. After you know, I mean, I have no plans to change what I'm doing right now. I am having such a blast, and I know this is where God has us. And and that TV show is going to live on forever on that on that website and on that TV station. And I hope that you know, 50 years from now, people are still watching that show, going, 
oh man, what an amazing story. What a great guest he had on. What an amazing organization he had on. And I, I want the focus to be on the impact that those people that I had on the show are making in the world and and uh, how how people are, are learning and benefiting from that. Absolutely. And finally, Jeff, tell me if people want to get connected with Hydro for Hope or your stuff personally, my friend, what's the best way they can do that? So, yeah, thank you. If if people want to get in touch with Hydro with Hope, the best way to do it is there an email. I have an email they can reach out to. It's jeff at hydrowithhope.com and that's h y d r o just like in the just like hydro. So, jeff at hydro with hope. Uh they can join our email list uh, on hydrowithhope.com which we're revamping, by the way, we're redoing the website. So it'll look really cool come January or February, or they can reach out if they want more information about the TV show or want know somebody that wants to be a guest or know somebody that wants to further the, the cause of the TV show by being an advertiser or a sponsor. You can reach out by emailing me at either Jeff at Hydro with Hope or more specifically, Invisible Condition at e360 dot no invisible condition at e360 tv.com <laughs> so that's those are the two places jeff at hydro with hope.com and invisible condition at e360 tv.com those are the two best places well fabulous jeff i really want to thank you for your uh dedication to the uh persistence of your perseverance in life and and the work that you're doing to move the needle of progress forward. And I want to thank you for joining me to engage in conversation this afternoon. It's most appreciated. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for this opportunity. And thank you for your platform and for all the things you're doing. And uh, I'm just, I'm so grateful that you reached out. It's been an honor to be on your show. And uh, thank you very much.